In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast. This is part two of the purpose of a woman. And if you haven't done so already, please go back and listen to part one. Um, but part two, obviously, we're going to continue to engage in this conversation with uh, my co-host, uh, Sister Adi Godin, and also guest speaker, Brother Daryl Smith. And Brother Daryl Smith, um, man, he, he brought us some good insight on uh, Genesis chapter 2. Uh, 23 when Adam said to his wife uh, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man so come embark with us on this journey as we appreciate and bring value to our women our women need to feel more valued and more purposeful and so we're going to bring awareness uh, not only to men that to value our women because they're God's gift to men and be blessed. He says, at last, bone of my bones. What do you think is happening? Let me ask y'all real quick before I explain it. What do you think is happening right here? For me, Adam looks at her and sees himself, a mirror image of himself. No, I I I was about to say from a from a man perspective. So when he looked at this woman, I guess I'm thinking as a as a married man. Uh, a man knows, you know, when a man knows when that gift is for him. So when when Adam, you know, yeah, he wakes up because he's never seen anything like that before. Because remember, you you talk about the animals, you talk about, you know, he named an animal. And here's a being that's a that's the opposite gender. So I think I think there's some excitement. I think there's some joy. I think there's some glory. So it, it, it's a, yeah, it's it's like when a man sees a woman. Yeah, he could say, yeah, that's 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 me right there. So, yeah, I, I know you and I, we talked about it. You say, hey, Adam was like, whoa, man. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of knew I was going to get that reaction from you, Nick. That's, <laughs> that's why I kind of wanted to go there. But I, but I also did that because, because and, and Sister Adney, I, it, it may be a little difficult for you to hear it, not to understand it is what I mean, not hear it. But what's happening here, listen at what he's saying. He's talking about, bone 
He's talking about flesh. So I want y'all to press a little bit deeper. He's examining her, right? He's inspecting her. But I don't believe that's just with his eyes. He's touching her. Y'all get what I'm saying? I I want you to, I really want y'all to get close to what's happening here. He's, He's feeling her. Not only does he see her, but he's comprehending her, not with just his eyes, but with his hands, with his body. You get what I'm saying? That's the depth of what's going on here. Bone of my bones. See, Nick's, Nick can understand this because, trust me, my wife can tell you. My wife, you know, <laughs> listen, my wife, Michelle, can tell you. I'm grabbing on her, touching on her every single time. And I even, I even, you know, I got this running joke with her because I say, honey, I apologize because every time I'm, I'm every time I'm, I'm seeing you, I'm grabbing her and I'm, and I'm just, playing with it and touching on her and, and I'm and and I'm trying to keep it PG rated PG rated but I'm grabbing her as her husband <laughs> you you get what I'm saying like a simple hug is not a simple hug for me trust me I'm all over her right and and I'm 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 not trying to be you know weird with this I'm just showing you the depth the necessity of, of a woman, especially for a man. You got to remember, and people have to remember this, she is a gift made fit for him. And I know people, especially with the way society is today with, with their concepts and the way they think, you know, and, the, and there's this, there's this, uh, notion out there that oh I'm a woman I'm I'm a woman I'm a hear me roar I could do bad all by myself and this that and other and they try to get away from the fact that woman was made fit for the man right and let me just say this while I'm on that this doesn't mean that every single woman has to get married that's not what we're we're coming at here uh because I know today is a different culture you know you have women who uh you know, who go after their careers. There, there are women who, you know, who are not interested in being a wife or being married. Uh, and, and, uh, I'm going to say for my part, that's okay because we even knew, uh, there's, there's speculation about Paul, you know, having the gift, right. And, uh, and having the gift, uh, sort of lends itself to not, you know, being sexually involved with a woman or having a wife or whatever the case is. Uh, there's speculation on that because some believe that Paul was married or whatever the case is. But my point to you is, you know, in today's current culture, not every woman is married. And and what we're getting at here in the beginning, talking about the purpose of a woman, we are saying that woman was made fit for the man. This is the purpose that God outlines here. Now, we have the power of choice coming back to today's society. So some women may not choose to do that. And you still have women out there who are single, who don't do that, who live a godly life, who concentrate on, you know, the commandments and, you know, the 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 will of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want your podcast and podcast listeners to come away you know, with this notion that a woman can only marry a man and that's it. That's, that's not what we're saying here. That's not the purpose of Genesis here. Okay. And if we need some more clarification on that, then just let me know. But here 
in Genesis, what we're dealing with, okay, uh, this woman presented as a gift to the man. We're here at verse 23 where Adam is inspecting her, examining her. He and this examination, trust me, goes beyond just looking at her. This is why he's this is why, you know, you know, we, we kind of lend it. We kind of lend our interpretation to the fact that Adam is like, whoa, this woman. I mean, goodness gracious, you know, and, and I need y'all to kind of catch the, the, the physical, the sexual overtones of this, right? Because it's all in there. We just, sometimes we don't see it. He says, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Now watch this, 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 this in-depth examination lends, lends itself or leads itself to verse 24. Watch what he says. He says, therefore, or for this reason. A man shall leave his father and his mother, watch this, and hold fast to his wife. That's stick, that's cleave, that's clutch, that's, y'all get what I'm saying? He, he, he's sticking with his wife, he's grabbing onto her, they, 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 they cleave, right? And they shall become one flesh one flesh y'all see the sexual overtone the marital the merit the marital relations in this one flesh how do you become one flesh how do you do that you do that when you consummate the covenant when you consummate the marriage you become one flesh y'all with me okay I wasn't hearing that, so I'm, I want to make sure y'all, 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 y'all tracking with me now. <laughs> and so the man and his wife were both. This is this is what really gets my gets my 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 mind spinning every time I read this verse twenty five. It's interesting that the the writer tacks this on at the end. He says, "And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed." I believe that's key, and you have to be you have to be uh, extremely analytical here because remember I said you know this writer is he's dropping literal facts in here he's using uh, figure figurative language he's using you know metaphors he's using it all trust me and it's like it's crazy because it's bouncing back and forth between all of the strategies that he's putting in there and it's difficult to follow and you have to be careful because it can lead you a lot of places now let me give you an example of what i'm talking about the very next thing is chapter three and he says now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the lord god had made i don't take the position that a literal snake of the animal kingdom is here talking to eve this is a divine being. So then why is the writer using a snake? Y'all get what I'm saying? So now he's immediately moved from, now watch it, verse chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 24. He's talking about one flesh. That's literal. Because how do you become one flesh? Y'all get what I'm saying? See, Adam and Eve are not going to be one person, one flesh, meaning just one. No, they're 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 one flesh in their sexual act. 
they become one when they have marital relations. At least that's my position. That's where I take uh, take a stand on that. But then in chapter three, verse number one, he now shifts to a figure. He's usually figurative language. Now, I, did, I think I did this in an earlier pa- uh, podcast when we, when we start talking about the serpent. I'm not sure which one, Nick, but um, remember, I believe the author was using the serpent here as a triple entendre, which means that it has several. It's a term that will give you several meanings. Right. And the whole purpose of strategy and literary devices and all of that stuff is to help you understand the main point of what the author is giving. OK, so. Real quickly, we talked about the serpent, um, <clears throat> and I believe he used this as a literary strategy for the people of that day so they could understand. His main point as it relates to the is, serpent is he wanted you to know that this guy was evil. This entity is evil. Okay, He wanted you to grasp that because if you took this term, Nakash or Nahash, the serpent, if you took it in its noun form, it means a snake. Right. And most people, when you start dealing with a snake, they 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 have negative thoughts. You have sort of a negative connotation. He wants you to understand that if you take that same term and you look at it in its verb form, you're talking about a diviner. A diviner is one who dispenses hidden or forbidden knowledge. Well, that's what took place in chapter three. Y'all get what I'm saying? And then if you take that same term and you look at it in its uh, adjectival form. Okay, you're talking about shining one. Okay, well, celestial beings all through scripture have luminescence, shining, right? Uh, They glow. It's light. It's like the sun. Okay, and so you have a triple meaning term here that the author uses that his audience of that day would understand. So he says, now the serpent was more crafty. And we know what took place, right? Let's go ahead and read it. Watch this. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it or you will die. Watch this. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you shall be like God, knowing good and evil. Remember what I just told you about that triple meaning term, the verb form, diviner, forbidden knowledge. Isn't that what he's doing right here? He's giving something to her that she's not supposed to have right now. She's not supposed to have this knowledge right now. It's forbidden. Okay. So interesting. Now let's, let's just kind of look at this. Serpent said to the woman, verse number four, you shall not surely die for God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. Is he talking about literal eyes? Is he literally talking about her eyes? No, she already sees. So what does he mean by that? He means your understanding, your understanding, your comprehension. Okay. now here's where it gets tricky. And I'm not presenting this as. Let me just let me put it this way. There's a lot of interpretive work that needs to go here and you have many different interpretations as it relates to this because of all of the strategy and devices that are used here okay so we're dealing with understanding when he says your eyes will be open and that's fleshed out and that's even explained in the very next clause he says and you will be like god watch this no wing no wing so we're not talking about literal sight no wing good and evil right so watch this when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And see, I think 
this here is where it kind of gets it, it gets really complex because are we talking about a literal tree or are we talking about something else? And the reason I say that, and I'm going to tell you why the reason I say that is because of verse 25 of chapter two. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now watch this. Verse 25 doesn't mean that they weren't able to see physically. Remember, I just I, I just I just went through this whole spiel about what Adam said. He's examining her. He's and that examination is not just looking, I believe. And, you know, uh, some people may take issue with that. That's fine. But I believe that examination is not just looking. He's he's feeling her. He's touching her bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he's this is like, you know, wow. OK, so now let's get back to uh, the deception here. Chapter three. Oh, yeah. And I was I was explaining why I'm um, why I think the tree here. I don't necessarily know if this is physical, if this is a physical tree. It could be. OK. And it could be representative of something else. Right. So. I was saying the reason for that is, was verse 20, uh, verse 25 of chapter two. And then also because of what takes place after they fall. Verse uh, number seven of chapter three. Then the eyes of both were opened. This is the man and woman. Watch this. And they knew that they were naked. I mean, that has a lot of figurative, metaphoric overtones. It could have uh, definitely some physical, literal, you know, meaning to it. Um, it's just one of those things where you just continue to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, right? But I kind of lean towards, you know, with the way this author is moving in between literal and physical and, and, and metaphors and symbols, I kind of believe that there's something sexual going on here. So when she eats of the of the of the fruit, when she eats of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, I cannot say. 100% sure that it was a literal piece of fruit from a literal tree. I cannot say with 100% sureness or, 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 or fact, uh, fact that, you know, something else took place. I kind of lean toward that because of the, a lot of the sexual and marital relation overtone that I think is hidden in this presentation. Y'all get what I'm saying? And it starts with, you know, Adam saying, hey, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, whatnot, that 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 in-depth examination. And then, of course, the author capping it off by saying, hey, listen, they were naked and they weren't ashamed. Now watch this. Let me, let's, let's go deep into this deception. Verse number six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, right, she saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was a delight to the eyes. Start to see some desire here, right? And then it even says that, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband. So whatever she, whatever it is that she's doing right here, as it relates to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Her husband participates. 
in it as well. You get what I'm saying? Now, if you want to take the literal approach, be my guest. That's that. That's fine. Because the main idea of this whole thing is that they fail. That's the main idea. But me, you know, I'm I'm just one of those weird interpreters and, and readers of scriptures, and I like to try to go after it. And that doesn't mean I'm right. But man, I really think something else took place here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I really think something else took place here because of verse number seven. Then the eyes of both were open. Not their literal eyes. Not not their not their literal eyes, y'all. Their understanding now. Right? Now, can I I I, I want to get real personal for a second, right? And and I want you to think back. And I know I know even with those who were who were molested, and I certainly don't want to take people back to a dark place in, in their past, but your first time. Your first time, and when I mean your first time, I'm saying the first time you were you you engaged in in grown business. I'm trying to keep it PG rated. Didn't you gain an understanding? Even if it was taken from you, you gained some type of understanding that you did not have before. Y'all get what I'm saying? You understood something, even even if it if it was taken from you uh, through molestation or rape or whatnot. You knew you gained some type of understanding that this ain't right, right? And watch this: it affected you every aspect of you. It affected your physic your physical uh, being. It affected you spiritually. It affected you psychologically, mentally. Right. And that thing, trust me, that understanding, that comprehension is so strong that it still affects you today. And I appreciate what you're saying. And and I hope that women understand what you're what you're trying to convey about them, because you're right. Women have that that type of power, because I remember my first time. And, and that that's why even that is a gift from God. This is something that you can't do outside of marriage, because what happened to me? Um, and it, what I'm about to say, it doesn't make it right. I wasn't married. I wasn't married and it doesn't make it right. Um, that's only, uh, um, to, that's supposed to be withhold, um, until you're married. And because, because I, I was disobedient and indulged in grown man, uh, grown folk business, I became one with that person, spiritually one, mentally, emotionally, and I don't know if you guys ever heard of soul ties. I could not, I could not get this person out of my mind because I did that. Because once you do do that, you open a whole realm. It's like you can't shake that spirit loose. You can't shake that person out of you. So that's the so the danger of doing that before marriage, because once the breakup happens, you lose it. You lose it. Because something happened spiritually, mentally. Well, we know what happened physically. Using indulgence is something that you're supposed to until marriage. That's why I appreciate uh, what you're saying. And I hope women get this, what you're saying about, you know, again, we try to keep this (laughs) G-rated and PG. Absolutely. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. 
Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. And, and, and listen, men too, men need to get this as well. That's why I said if we understand in, in the offset that the woman is a gift, if, if everybody would understand that, then trust me, a whole lot would, would, would line itself up with what God intended. Now, now, let me say this, Nick. I just have to say this. And then if you want to chime back in, you can't because this is so important. Um, let me just call it what it is, sex. That should be PG rated. Um <clears throat> there is so much. There's a reason why you you experience what you did, Nick, and we all do. Because believe it or not, sex within it, within your your entire exist your entire existence is involved in it. You're not just. It's not just a physical thing where you know. Let me talk like how they talk today. I'm just gonna smash and that's it. No. No, you think that's what it is because that's what the, the enemy has been telling you for so long. But what's happening is you are involving your entire existence in that. You get what I'm saying? And within sex, people need to know and understand this is worship. Worship is in sex. Submission is in sex. I don't care, you know, because men, they kind of take and I, I kind of have to get graphic here. I'm sorry. But, you know, men, they, they like to take a dominant position. Even that you are submissive. You are submitting yourself to this person in the one flesh principle, in the one flesh act. You get what I'm saying? And so involved in that is worship, is submission, is, I mean, everything you can think of, unity. You get what I'm saying? Um, uh, you're you're giving essentially your all to that person, which is why I believe this is what's taking place here, and why there's such a disconnect now between God and man and woman. You get what I'm saying? That's why it says there, verse seven. Watch it. Then their eyes were both open. Now, when they got this understanding, what did they realize? It tells you. Look at it. And they knew that they were naked. Interesting. Because remember, Adam just had that detailed examination in chapter two. But now that they 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 partook of the tree, which I think is is more than just eating a literal piece of fruit. Because trust me, a literal piece of fruit is not going to damn you for the rest of your life. If I eat a bad piece of fruit right now, I'll probably have a stomach ache. That's it. Y'all get what I'm saying? But if I tip out on my wife right now and go have a one flesh act with another woman, I can catch an STD and that stays with me. Y'all got what I'm saying? That stays with me. 
Well, what took place here? Sin stayed with man. Yeah, are y'all following that? Am I, is that? Is that making sense? Okay. So that's where I lead with it. Now watch this. Throughout this whole thing, because I know we got to go. Um, so let me just condense it. Throughout this whole thing, after that took place, he says, well, real quick, let me just read it because it ain't nothing like scripture. Watch this. God called to the man, where are you? I'm at verse 10 now. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. Watch this. Why was he afraid? Because I was naked. <laughs> it keeps pointing back to this, the, 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 the sexual overtones to me. Right. Again, now you may have some scholars out there that, that tell me I'm wrong and that's fine. Y'all went to school for 30 years, so you can tell me that. But <laughs> this is where my my interpretation leads me. Right. He says, man, I, I, I hid because I was naked. Interesting. Watch the, Watch what God says now. Verse number 11. What does God say? Who told you you were naked? We still with the sexual overtone. Like, <laughs> okay. And then he says, have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And here's where I think the author is, you know, he's moving back and forth between literal and, and you know, and, and figurative, you know, with the whole tree and this, that, and other. And I'm like, man, interesting. And then, of course, we know what Adam does. Like, oh, the woman you gave me. This is where we, we kind of, and rightfully so, we kind of lose respect for Adam. because. You were the same one that was doing this examination in chapter two. And you got real poetic. Bone of my bone. You claiming her. Flesh of my flesh. You claiming her. Right? But then now when you gotta when you gotta face the music, oh, it's the woman you gave me. Nah, doc, that wasn't what you said in chapter two. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You, you, that's not what you said. So we know what Adam did. He's like, the woman you gave me, watch this. Because I need to get to a certain place and then then I let it go. Woman you gave me, and the Lord God, and then of course the woman said, Well, the serpent, uh, he he um he deceived me. Okay, now watch this. Um he says to the serpent, you know, I will put enmity between now. Let me read that because it, that that connects to what we've been saying all along with this sexual overtone and the marital uh relations. Watch this. God says in verse number 15 to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Watch this between your offspring and her offspring. Now, typically in scripture, when you get offspring, that's through reproduction, right? You get reproduction basically through sex. Now, there may be some asexual type stuff that's happening, you know, with with other places in scriptures. We can talk about that. But typically with mankind, it's going to be through sex. So offspring, watch this. Enmity between the offspring of the serpent, the Nahash, and the woman. Okay, that still kind of points to sex, marriage, offspring, kids, right? But watch what he says to the woman. Here it is. To the woman, he said, verse 16, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. Well, how does a woman get a child? How does a woman get a child? There's something you have to do. <laughs> There's something you have to do. Now, isn't it interesting? All up until this point, 
they're naked, they don't realize it, right? After they partake of this thing and whatnot, they gain the understanding. They are naked and they're afraid. Now the, the, the cursing is coming out. Okay, serpent and woman, enmity between your offspring. Well, you get offspring through reproduction, sex. And then woman, you are, go- you are going to have multiplied pain in childbearing, right? In pain, you shall bring forth children. That's a part of the curse. Y'all see what's happening? This is what I'm talking about. Now, there's a reason why, you know, the Nahash went to that woman. There's a reason why. She's the gift. And he knows if I can get that gift, then I automatically got the man. And this is what women have to understand. Listen, you were made fit for us. I tell my wife all the time, man, listen, she can get me to do anything if she approached me a certain way. Now, if she come fussing and now, that, 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 that ain't going to work. <laughs> it just ain't going to work. But now, if she come to me and, you know, she, 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 you know, she, she approaches me intimately and she's soft. And I'm not saying she got to be giving it up every single time. But if she just approaches me, like the, the subtleness in her voice when she says, baby, man, my, I'm, I'm here. Trust me, I'm there. Man, she could tell me to go get honey off the moon, literally. And I'd be trying to figure out a way how to do it. Trust me. We just did a, a study with the women that we, um, I told y'all about the good thing exclusive. And we were talking about Delilah, right. And how Delilah got Samson to share his secret. The Bible says she nagged him, but he was still comfortable enough to put his head on her lap. It had, it could not possibly be that she was in and in. It it had to have been like she was softly speaking to him and gaining his trust because I don't think y'all men just going to lay y'all head on any woman's lap, right? She has to do something to give you that, that mindset of peace, of, of tranquility for you to play because that's a very intimate thing. For you to lay your head on somebody's lap, she's touching your hair, stroking the back of your neck, whatever the case may be. And then you say, this is what it is. Because throughout of all of it, he never told her. But that last time, that last time, he opened up and shared the secret of his strength. Right? And I believe wholeheartedly that we women, if we understood that, like I, like my brother, when, before he passed, the one thing he used to always say to my sister and I, I wish my wife were more like you two, because his wife was a nagger and we are more of the talker. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you as a man. Let's have a conversation. Why are we, why are we going through this? Do we need to get, you know, that, that type of help? And that's something, I guess, because we grew up with him, we understood his personality. We knew that he was not the arguing type. He was more of the communicative type. 
So that's how we dealt with him. But because she didn't know and grow up with him and didn't really truly understand him as her husband in a certain way, it was always. <laughs> so it was like when he wanted to talk, he would come to his sisters like I need to I need to get this stuff off my chest where his wife was supposed to be, you know, his best friend. That's where he should go to kind of release, you know, hey, baby, da 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 da, whatever, whatever. But he came to his sisters because we gave him the tranquility that he needed. Um, and why am I sharing that? There is a man that said, and his name is R.C. Blakes. He says to women, men desire tranquility. We want peace from y'all. We want when we come home, especially after dealing with a hard day, that when we walk into our house, that we feel safe. You are to be like that safety space for us. And understanding that, I think that's where our a part of our gift comes in, right? Because we play mom to your children, we're therapists to you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then we give you the release, so to speak, when you need to release. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So it all ties, it all ties in. We are um, your compliment. We are your, your, like Michelle Obama said, her best accessory is her husband. Period. Right. And she understands the reason he's, he's, she, he's her best accessory is because she's his gift. If I'm making sense. Hey, 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 Adney, I, I just want to, um, and I want to hear from your perspective what I'm about to ask, because God has, like I, I mentioned throughout the podcast, God has blessed me with a gift, my wife, and also God has blessed me with a wonderful daughter. So now I look at women in a different lens. You know, I look at them with, with value, kind of like what we talked about, God's gift to humanity. And um, Adney, this is to Adney. So Adney, why do you believe that that we, women feel... Um, undervalued or they, they feel like they're not worthy. Some women, I'm not talking about all. And, and I, I want to hear from, from a woman perspective, because the reason why I brought that up at, because I talked to a lot of women, um, at either at my job or I may encounter them, whether or not preaching the gospel. And sometimes I hear stuff like this, you know, I live with a man. I've been living with him for five years, 10 years, but they not married. So I'm saying to myself, like, like why why would you even settle? Why why would you even settle like that? You're 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 better than that, you know? Cause if a man haven't put a ring on it, and it's not to put a pressure on women that's listening to this to get married, I'm just saying, like, cause if you know you're you're value and you're worthy, why would you settle for less? So why do women settle in that way, Adney, from a woman perspective? It's best to have a, a piece of a man than to not have a man at all. And and that's the mindset of a lot of women. I'd rather stay with him because of, um, for her, when you don't know who you are as a, like for me, let me, let me, let me take it back to me. I was with my son's father for seven years. We weren't married, ended up having a child together. He cheated on me. Like it was nobody's business. Once I understood who I was, and that was me becoming a Christian. That means there has to, there's a thing that takes place. When you become a Christian, this is where God starts saying, okay, now I'm going to deal with you in the way that I created you. 
right? Because when I'm in the world, I belong to Satan. So Satan tells me, girl, your body is this and you're going to give him that and blah, blah, blah. But when you become that Christian, that woman of God, and many women out here who are atheists and don't believe, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, you are missing the most amazing part of who you are. Because there, when I became a Christian, I started realizing that when my aunt called me names, that's not who I was. When I would watch videos like, you know, Luke Skywalker and stuff, because I grew up on that era and wearing my Daisy Dukes and showing my skin. That's not who I was when I was wearing my short skirts and going to school and making these boys look at me. That's not who I was because I'm voluptuous and making, you know, guys look at because that's where that's where my identity was. If I'm not looked at. What's wrong with me? But when you become a Christian, it's, oh, I don't have to do all of that. All I have to do is divorce what was placed in me and allow God to pour the true essence of who I am. When we don't know who we are, what value do you have? I always tell women I counsel, a diamond never has to go and say, hey, buy me. A Bentley, if you ever look at any commercials, you never see a commercial for a Bentley, ever. Nor do you see a commercial for a Rolls Royce. If we women would understand that I don't have to show to be found. If I'm where God needs me to be, I will be found. If I'm doing what God needs me to do, I will be found. Many of us don't know our value. Because it was taken from us from the day we were born. You got to think about our ancestral backgrounds, our grandmothers, great grandmothers, and all that other stuff. We were stripped of our identity. We come from kings and queens and princes, and, and princes. We don't even have that mindset. We don't even care our, carry ourselves with a queen conscious mindset. Not to say that I'm better than anybody, but I'm. So, I value and respect myself so much that I'm not gonna allow any man into my space and just to take up that time. This man cheated on me and gave me STD, and I still stayed with him. Think about that. Think about that. It's because we don't value ourselves to the point of knowing I need, there's something better. And it took me saying that, God, there has to be something better. You have to show me you. You really have to show me you because I can't live like this anymore. And when I started walking this journey with him and I started understanding that he created me with a purpose, that he created me with something that far supersedes my own comprehension and understanding, you best believe I wasn't messing with just any old body. Because I understood my body belongs to him. I am his before I'm anybody else's. When we women understand that we are his first before we are y'all's, you know, we become whoever my husband is, his gift. If I understand I'm God's first, I'll be the perfect gift for my husband. And let me, and let me just piggyback off. You have to understand we are... And in, in, in our text, they were the image of God. See, when you talk about coming from kings and queens and princes and princes, uh, you know, uh, as it relates to us African-Americans, well, let's, let's, let's go back further. Mankind, 
which includes all nationalities and ethnicities. And, and dealing with our texts, remember, they were made in the image of God. That's the thing. So all of these things represent God. See, when we talk about marriage, that's a representation of God. Because we become one, one flesh. Remember, that's a representation of God. So when you're talking about marriage, you're talking about sex, you're talking about reproduction. All of these things represent God. We represent God in that way. Why? Because we are his image. Now, how does the enemy get his image in us? Because once they fail, the image of God is tainted in us now. That's why we have Christ coming back and we have to now come back to the image of God. How do we do that? Through Christ. You see what I'm saying? Christ teaches us how to live, teaches us how to be. We are regaining the image. You see what I'm saying? But now let's go back to the beginning. How does the enemy get his image in us? Well, look at the text. <laughs> look at the text. Something took place during the, you know, as the writer puts it, the man and the woman eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Something took place. That tainted the image. We no longer have the image the way we were supposed to have it. And then to kind of answer your question a little bit, Nick, she answered it perfectly. But I, I just wanted to kind of uh, uh, put a little bit, a little bit more on it. Um, you know, uh, man, <laughs> man, let me tell you something, bro. If if we understood the gift of that woman, if they understand it, you, you, you get what I'm saying? And it all ties back to image, you know, the image of God. You know, if you understand the gift, then there would be no settling. You, you get what I'm saying? They won't, they won't settle. The, see, what has been taking place over the course of time is the same thing that happened here in the garden, right? He approaches that woman, even 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 the man sort of speak, but here stand with the text, he approaches that woman and gets her to kind of shift focus. Right? If you can, you know let, let me do this here. Marital relations is powerful. Sex is powerful, right? There's a reproductive aspect to it, but then there's also pleasure, right? There, there's pleasure. The climax within a sexual act has nothing to do with reproduction for necessarily. Well, maybe I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but I think that's separate and apart from reproduction. You see, you see what I'm saying? Now for the man, you know, we, that's, you know, we do our thing, but for the woman, I mean, you know, there's pleasure there. I'm trying to just show you this, the distinction between reproduction and pleasure, which is why when the enemy comes, he emphasizes that pleasure. He emphasizes that. And then we get a lot of marital relations with no commitment. Right. People engage in the one flesh principles, but they're really not committed to each other. There's no covenant there. 
And then we start getting all of the the STDs. We start getting all of the the single parent. You know, we start getting all of the abortion now. Isn't it interesting that we got all this stuff happening right now with abortion in our in our world? And then the whole Roe versus Wade thing happening. All this stuff. Isn't it interesting? And if you look out throughout the history of time, you know, uh, sex out of place has always been an issue. Sex outside of marriage is what I mean. That has always been an issue. Always. Always been an issue. And I know the reason why we started this this whole bonus episode was because one time we were dealing with Sarah, right? And we started this because I started harping on Hagar. Wasn't it wasn't it uh Hagar Abraham's uh servant, right? And Sarah was like, Go sleep with Hagar. Sex outside of marriage. <laughs> Sex outside of marriage. Right. But we, we, we got here because I was saying God was so good, because even when Hagar and Ishmael had to leave and they're about to die, guess who showed up? Jesus. Jesus showed up. Right. And that's the beauty of Jesus. Now he's still here showing up for everybody who's made these mistakes. Jesus is still here showing up. I, I want to uh, really talk to the women. Um the beauty of us, right? From the beginning of time is God, God put Adam to sleep, took this rib and fashioned us and brought us to him. A father bringing her daughter, his daughter to the husband. When you go to a wedding and you see this father walking his daughter down the aisle, you have to see the image of God bringing you to your husband. The key to us finding who we are is really looking to God to figure out who we are as women, right? We are the nurturing part of God because we know that God is father to the fatherless and mother to the motherless. There are some things that are inside of us that he specifically made. Come on, man. For us to carry a whole human being inside of our body and then push that human being out you know, some of us do it without anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, like, come on, yes, man. Sir. When you, when we understand, when I understand this part of who I am in Christ, who I am in God, that image of God, that part of God on this time side of life, man. All this spiritual warfare that we are going through, because that's what it is, women. We are just like the men are under attack. We are under attack. And it's time for us to really buckle down and go and ask God, why did you create me? Why am I here? Show me my value, my worth, because I don't understand it. And it took. When I say it took me to ask that question, God, why me? Why did you choose me to be here? My spirit, my essence to be here, to go through this stuff. And then I realized it's, I love you. It's all about love. And when you understand true love, which is Jesus, which is God, you'll understand your value and your worth. So my women, my sisters, my single mothers, don't give up. What you need 
is that relationship with your heavenly father. And for you to get that relationship with your heavenly father, I need you to go to Jesus. Because you can't have a relationship with the father without having that first relationship with the son. It's time, sisters. It's time for us, black, white, Hispanic, whomever, my melanated, anemics, whatever you want to say about yourself. It is truly time for us to step back into that relationship, into that alignment with our heavenly father, for us to take this world back the way he designed it, the way he planned for it to be. Hey, uh, yeah. Amen. So, uh, sister Adney, I know you said your final sayings, um, you know, to the, to our beautiful women in this world, uh, brother D, do you have any final words that you want to add onto that? Just something uh, real quick, because she what she said was so powerful, and I love the way she ended it, and we echo those same sentiments. But carrying a life inside you, I, I want y'all to know how special y'all are. Y'all know God in a way that a man never could, holding life inside of you. And, you know, Nick and I fondly talk about this all the time. The experience of our wives having our, our babies, our sons, man, you talking about a miracle. I was in awe of watching God work through my wife, that woman. And to see that and experience that, second to none. Yeah, this this will be my my final thoughts. Uh because I was I was brought up in a house with a single mom. And I will say this to all the women out there, um, whether or not you're married or, or you're single, I want you to know, know that uh you are valuable. Um you have purpose. God has created you as a gift um, to man, humanity, and even the world. And, you know, men often say that we're, we're tough, but I believe that women are, are built tough. You know, although we have a lot of testosterone and, and you have a lot of estrogen, I would say that we, women are stronger than anyone uh, can imagine. But I, but I believe that some of the fault goes um, even stems from the home. Um, it, it starts from the home because you may have a, a dad that's in a house is and, and not and not validating the daughter. So if you're listening to this and, and you haven't been validated uh, by your father, like your father haven't hugged you or, or gave you a kiss or, or even say that he he loved you, um, I I want you to know that there's a father that that sits high and and he looks low, and his name is Jesus and and he loves you. Um, because I know sometimes you may look at yourself in the mirror and you may say, my, my daddy don't hug me. My daddy don't don't kiss me. My, my daddy's not telling me I'm pretty. Um, and you may feel like like you're ugly. You don't feel like you're, you're worthy. But, but I just want you to know that you are worthy and you don't have to uh, settle for less because that's why I, I, I posed that question earlier, because there are a. Uh, Many women out here that settle in for less. And let me tell you one thing about the psyche of some men. They'll take advantage of you. When they see prey, they'll take advantage of your emotions. And they'll have you sitting in the house claiming that that they're your boyfriend. But chances are that they got others uh, on the side. So I want you to look at yourself in the mirror. And I need you to even look at him. If he's not married to you, you say you need to look at yourself. You need to tell yourself that you are worthy and you're getting outside of this mess. And, and like my dear sister said, get a closer relationship with God. And I want to end it with this passage in uh, 1 Corinthians 
uh, chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. It says, Now concerning the things uh, whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless, to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. So marriage is a beautiful thing. Not everybody's going to get married, but marriage is a beautiful thing. Just because he's your boyfriend, he is not your husband. So just look at yourself in the mirror. You are worthy and you deserve more. But just remember that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.